This isn't going to be a particularly fun or exciting episode. However, I'd encourage you to listen so that what I'm about to tell you can hang in the back of your head while on the fire ground and after you get back to the station after a fire. The more we can be mindful of the things that are trying to kill us, the better off we're at formulating a defense against them. In today's episode, I'll talk about how we're affected by cancer in the fire service, and I'll give you some steps you can take to help reduce the risk. You are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. All right, let's start out by talking about the facts. There are three high-risk cancers that are uniquely present to firefighters. Respiratory, digestive, and urinary. It's obvious that smoke and soot are very relevant hazards to our health. We know that, but their impact on our health shouldn't be taken lightly or ignored. Just because we already know that doesn't mean we can write it off and, and dismiss it off the plate, right? Pretty much all of our PPE is based on keeping smoke out of our lungs and soot off of our skin. However, we still have situational exposure. So today I wanted to review some things that we can do as individuals to help reduce our risk of getting cancer so that we can do the job longer, we can spend more time with our loved ones, and we can enjoy a long retirement. And first off, I wanted to share a statistic with you that I had to kind of wrap my head around. It seemed like a big number, but I researched it more and more and turns out it's true. According to an article that I read by Fire Rescue One, which is a Lexapol company, 60% of firefighters die from cancer. Cancer has now replaced heart disease as the number one killer of firefighters. Pretty gross, right? This is why it's so important to own it when it comes to our own individual safety in regards to reducing risk, which brings me here today. As we become more knowledgeable about the things that we can do as individuals, we become better equipped to watch out for our brothers and sisters on and off the fire ground. How many of you out there know what I'm talking about when I mentioned the, uh, the quote, cool factor or being salty when it comes to your turnout gear? Yeah, 
it's the uh, the idea that the dirtier your gear is, the cooler and more experienced you are. In reality, all it really shows is how much of a dipshit you are when it comes to valuing your own life. This characteristic has, in my short 15-year career, turned from a badge of honor to a badge of dumbassery. And if that's not a word, it is now, so feel free to use it. You can probably think of someone right now who exhibits this exact way of thinking. They purposefully leave their gear dirty to exhibit some kind of authority when all they're really doing is making themselves stand out as ignorant. By not washing our gear, we're continuing to expose ourselves to the carcinogens that attach themselves to our gear and wait almost on standby to seep into our skin. When we sweat, our pores open, allowing all that soot ash, and chemicals to enter our bloodstream. We have got to change our mentality when it comes to keeping our, our gear clean. We have to. It's not like we don't sweat when we're on scene, right? I mean, I'm in Arizona. I'm inside an air-conditioned house, and I'm sweating right now. It's like 120 outside. It's crazy. But I wanted to talk about some of the things that my organization has done, and then I want to kind of talk about some of the things that you can do. Um, at my current organization, we have two sets of turnouts that we can swap in and out of. So like once we have a dirty fire and our gear, our gear gets exposed and, and all nastified, we can swap out into that clean gear. We can bag and tag the dirty gear, send it off to the cleaner, and then get our clean gear for the next fire, right? The ones that were exposed, like I said, get they get bagged, they get picked up by a cleaning agency that not only cleans them, but they perform inspections and they make repairs as needed to our turnouts, which is pretty cool. I know that not everyone out there has this luxury and we went without it for a long, long time, but let it serve as a reminder to be that much more vigilant in keeping the gear that you do have as clean as you can. Changing this perception and mentality happens through awareness and conversations. So let's first talk about some things that you can do to get the ball rolling. So number one, start the conversation right? Talk to people. The first step to solving any problem is acknowledging that there is a problem, right? We know this in the medical field. We know this in the fire, on the fire ground. This is how we solve problems. You first have to accept and identify that there is an actual problem. Maybe the next time you go on duty, ask your captain what measures are in place to reduce risk on scene, as well as in the cab and in the station. You don't have to be the guy that's like coming up to him with a checklist asking those things, but pose the question. Is there something in place right now to help us do like an on-scene decon? I don't know. Maybe you already know there is. Maybe there isn't. Who knows? You're never sure until you ask, right? See if there's a committee within your organization that's focused on reducing risk of cancer. Maybe there's a health and wellness committee that you can join so that you can dive more into this topic and maybe even become the spearhead for the movement within your organization. Number two, do some homework and share your findings. Start reading and learning more about cancer in the fire service to share with your peers. There are a growing number of resources available to firefighters, including the uh, the smoke. I'm sorry, the the fire smoke coalition and the firefighter cancer support network. Don't keep what you learn to yourself. Print out resources, post them in the firehouse, or maybe even email them to your crew, your station, your department. Who knows? Um, I'll post links to all the organizations that I 
talk about in this episode in the show notes. So don't feel like you got to write it down or memorize it or anything like that. Just go to the, uh, the show details, wherever you listen to the show, scroll down and you'll see the highlighted links and you can just tap the link and it'll take you right to it. So don't even worry about it. Number three, lead the charge. When you come back from a call or at the end of your shift, be the one who mentions the idea of cleaning off your gear. If you respond to a wildland fire, be the one who washes that yellow shirt so it's nice and bright again. Offer to wash other people's shirts. You know, if you're going to do a load, be like, hey guys, I'm doing a load of 962 pants or brush pants or wildland shirts. If you got anything dirty, throw it in, right? Even if your teammates choose not to wash their gear, by showing them that you're not afraid to do something different and telling them why you're doing it, that can send a strong message and may help change their mindset. And you're kind of doing all the work, right? Like you're willing to wash their clothes for them. I mean, at the very least, someone should be smart enough or humble enough to take advantage of that in itself. But you'd be surprised. Anyway, moving on. Number four, exercise and eat right. And this is really a no-brainer. And, you know, all of these things kind of come together. All of these things we talk about, they all kind of come together to help us fight cancer, to help us fight obesity, all this other stuff. They're all really tied together. But uh, there is specific evidence that suggests that both physical fitness and a healthy diet can help reduce the incidence of cancer. Many physicians are actually prescribing a fitness regimen now instead of medications, which is amazing to see. I hate it. I hate it when I go to a patient's house and I ask them what medications they're on. And they're like, oh, here's the list. And it's like 40 different medications. That's ridiculous. That's like, to me, that's negligence. Like you've got 40 different medications for what exactly? Oh, this is for my high blood pressure. And this is for my cholesterol. And this is for this. And this is for that. And this is for my low blood pressure. And this is for when I feel dizzy. And this is for when I worry about you know, what's going to happen on American Idol. Like, oh my God, relax with the overdosing and medications. It's outrageous. Doctors, you're freaking going nuts with this and you need to throttle it back. So I was really happy about this, um, prescribing fitness as a, as a regimen, as a prescription really. And just an FYI, I'm a sort of, I'm a certified, uh, personal trainer through the American college of sports medicine. And I actually have a credential that's called exercise is medicine. And what this means is that as doctors become more forward thinking and take the opportunities to prescribe a fitness regimen, I can be that resource. I can basically be their prescription, which is pretty cool. The, uh, the healthy people 2020 program found that regular physical activity can advance the quality of life for populations of all age, regardless of the presence of a chronic disease or disability. So all those excuses out there, I don't want to hear them. Like, I don't want to hear them. Nick Santanastano is out there doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't know if you know who Nick Santanastano is, but you need to look him up on Twitter, Instagram. He's all over. The guy's friggin' amazing. He's only got one arm and he he's, he's out there like at the gym. He takes videos of himself at the gym doing these things. It's insane. So I don't want to hear that, oh, I have chronic fatigue syndrome. Like, get over it. Are you kidding me? This guy's got one arm and like one finger on that arm. It's crazy. But anyway, I digress. Several diseases 
that are prominent in the fire service, such as coronary heart disease, stroke, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, the type 2 diabetes, and several forms of cancer can all be lowered through physical activity. Exercise can also help improve bone density, cardiorespiratory, and muscular fitness, reduce body fat, and promote superior mental health. It's all connected, guys. Like I said, it's all connected. You need to create that balance. You got to get after it. Number five, get some rest. While it's easier said than done for many of us, I know, especially those of us on shift, it's important to use your days off to get some rest. Studies have identified a relationship between lack of sleep and some of the top cancers in the U.S., including breast cancer, prostate cancer, colorectal cancers, all those nasty cancers in like touchy places, right? I know it's not always easy, but it's important to be the one who starts the conversation and takes action to address the concern of cancer among firefighters. Your life and the life of the men and women that you work with may soon be impacted if they haven't been already. If there's any way to reduce your chances of becoming part of that 60% mortality statistic, it's worth the effort. Let's talk about some ways that you can actively reduce risk on the fire ground and then once you get back to the station. So all the touchy-feely stuff is nice and all, but what are some practical things that you can do to reduce risk? So on the fire ground, let's start out there. Keep your mask on. Keep your SCBA mask on. Respiratory cancers are the most common cancers among firefighters. Always wear your SCBA to avoid inhaling toxins, even when working on the edge of the fire ground or even during overhaul. Just because the fire's out doesn't mean it's safe to breathe the ambient air. I see a lot of people take their masks off when they're doing overhaul. But here's the thing. So what what it, what is it that you're doing when you do overhaul, right? You're like taking a pike pole and you're like mucking through the shit. All the stuff that's decayed, burned, broken down, all the carcinogens that have been pulled out, you're literally taking a stick and like stirring through it, stirring up all that shit in the air. Like if there was ever a time to keep your damn mask on, keep it on during overhaul, right? Salvage and overhaul. Keep your mask on. We have spare bottles for a reason. You're already committed to the scene. Use them up, man. Use it as an opportunity to see how long you can go. See how long you can make that bottle last. Like, use your resources. Don't be like, oh, well, I don't want to use the bottle up because, uh, you know, we never know when we might get another fire. You know what? We, <laughs> you, you have systems in place for that. Go out of service, fill the bottle up. Takes, what, 20 minutes maybe? And you're back in service. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. There's no excuse not to wear your SCBA when you're doing overhaul. So do it. Do it, right? All right, number two, remove contaminated gear as soon as possible. And you should be storing it in dedicated containers away from the rehab area. Do your best to keep that soiled turnout gear out of the apparatus cabin, out of the ambulance, out of your personal vehicles. For the love of God, keep this crap out of your personal vehicles. You don't want to be putting all of this disgusting stuff on your car seat and then like taking your children to get ice cream and then having them sit in that shit. Like you don't want that. And then uh, let's say your dogs, like, do you want to put your dog 
on that, that's gross, man. That like you obviously don't care about your dog or your kids. But anyway, um, keep your stuff out of your station living quarters. I see people bring nasty boots in to the to the stations. That's disgusting. The whole point of the barrier is to have that barrier, not to like bring that shit in. Keep it out. Avoid contaminating those areas. I'll uh, what I'll do is. I'll put a link in the show notes for some ideas on an inexpensive system that you can put in place for on-scene decon, uh, which brings me to my next point. Number three, clean off on scene. Wash and decontaminate your PPE, your tools, and your body as soon as possible after each fire, starting on scene. Get that crap off your skin. Get it off of your gear. Get it off of your tools. It's important to note here that although recent AFG CDC study found that scrubbing turnout gear with soap and water can reduce PPE contamination by 85%, this process does not neutralize or eliminate carcinogens. It simply removes them to the wash water runoff, which still contains all the hazardous chemicals, right? So you have to decon with a neutralizing agent such as like D7 from Decon 7 Systems. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, What this does is it alters the chemical properties of carcinogens to render them non-toxic. How cool is that, right? It's a pretty cool product. Um, What this does is it completely eliminates the threat. Like it works on a chemical compound level, breaking those properties down, reducing the carcinogen effect. It's insane. D7 is available in four formulas, including like a bulk liquid, ready-to-use units, and they can be deployed in seconds, much like a fire extinguisher, which is pretty cool. Again, I'll put a link to their website in the show notes. So check it out. It's pretty cool stuff. Number four, clean your neck, your face, your arms, and your groin thoroughly after each fire. These are areas with lots of blood vessels where particulates tend to collect. The studies show that the high, what was it? I saw like a a thermal image of, um, collection of particulates like cancerous particulates and it was like right in your neck and your nuts so (laughs) neck nuts and pits it was gross oh and like forearms too that was another big one so take some wipes wipe off the areas like i mentioned earlier some consider it a badge of honor to come home with a sooty face but we know better than that now so don't be that guy take care to remove this threat as soon as you can Now, I get it. You can't really stand on fire scene and take all of your gear off and start scrubbing your nuts and scrubbing your parts after, you know, you come out of a fire right there on the fire scene. Well, I mean, you could, but you'd probably get fired. So let's talk about the things that are better done at the station. Now, once you're back at the station, there are some things you can do to complete the cycle, like scrub your nuts. Um, Number one. Use a decontamination solution to eliminate carcinogens from your turnout gear. Again, cleaning your gear on the fire ground is an important first step. It gets the majority of the carcinogens off your gear, right? Think of all the big chunks and debris that you walk out of a fire with. Hosing off on scene is great, but you need to get rid of the rest with a thorough decon back at the station. Now, some departments have third-party companies, like I'd mentioned before. They come in and they do all this for you. Or maybe they come pick up your gear and take it and then clean it and then bring it back. Who knows? 
Others have set in place uh, some programs for proper decom procedures, and some don't even have a plan whatsoever. And I'd be interested to see the statistics of those organizations that don't have any plan. Pretty interesting, right, now that I'm thinking about it. Those organizations versus the organizations that actively do take care of it. Anyway, moving on, I digress. Number two, shower, scrub, and change into a clean uniform. Use cleansing wipes for your face, your hands, like forearms, your neck, on scene. All that stuff's good for step, but that isn't near enough to thoroughly cleanse your body of the toxins from a fire. Once you get back to the station, shower up. And you remember how I said, like, you sweat and it opens your pores? So the last thing you want to do is go back and take a hot, steamy shower. Because what is what are you doing? You're steaming up all of your pores. You're getting your body to accept all of those things that are sitting on your skin. You don't want that. Take a cold shower. I know you guys don't like it, but it's good for you, A. And B, it's going to keep your pores closed so you can get those toxins and free radicals off your skin and they won't seep into your bloodstream, right? It's a great way to work your lymph system too. So you purge those toxins and free radicals that have built up while you're fighting a fire, right? It's awesome. Take a cold shower, guys. Do it. You'll love it. After you shower up, you want to obviously put on a fresh, clean uniform. Whatever you were wearing under your turnout gear needs to go in the wash right away. Be sure to use a detergent that also neutralizes carcinogens, like I mentioned, the D7 laundry stuff, uh, for full decontamination. D7 in particular is color fast, biodegradable, and it won't degrade any fabrics. And again, there's a link in the show notes for that. Maybe I should probably seek some sponsorship for them because I'm hitting them pretty hard this episode. But it's really great stuff. It's a gem that I can, I came across on the interwebs. And uh, I think you guys would really take advantage or you should take advantage of the products that they have to offer. So you guys would benefit. We all would benefit. Uh, number three, regularly wash your turnout gear and wash your fire hood at least once a week. Better yet, wash your fire hood after every fire. So you don't want to go off into a fire and then leave it dirty and then put that nasty, dirty thing back on, right? So clean it. Clean it with the clothes that you're washing after the fire, right? Your uniform. Throw it in there. Uh, Make and stick to a schedule to be sure that your gear is decontaminated. And it's best to have two full sets of PPE and two hoods for every firefighter so that you can rotate. That's ideal. Um, and I, But I know a lot of you might not have that opportunity or have that... Uh, privilege yet, but um, work on that. See what you can do. In the meantime, be vigilant with the one set of gear that you have. Keep it clean, as clean as you can, as often as you can. If you clean turnout gear in-house, use a detergent that decontaminates and is tested and certified by NFPA standards for PPE, including fabrics, tape, liners, basically all the stuff your gear is made of. If you send your gear out for cleaning, make sure your service provider uses a kind of solution to ensure that neutralization of carcinogens. And if it comes out of the laundry still smelling like smoke, it's still contaminated and it's off-gassing harmful chemicals. So keep that in mind. That's kind of the rule of thumb. If it still stinks like smoke, then guess what? It's not clean. Since 60% of us are dying off due to cancer, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about the things that we can do to fight it. We've got a lot of nasty things trying to kill us, and we've all taken an oath to walk right into it. However, that doesn't mean we have to be ignorant about it. 
So, of course, while all these healthy habits like exercise, um, eating veggies and lean meats and wearing sunscreen will help, we need to make sure that we're cleaning and deconning our PPE and our turnout gear to get rid of the contaminants known to cause cancer. This will go a long way to help us ensure a long career and a healthy retirement. Some of you listening may have had cancer. You may have had a cancer scare. Um, Maybe you've had it and beaten it. Some of you may be in the fight right now. And my heart goes out to you. My love and prayers are with you. All right, guys, wrapping up. I've got a big announcement here. The first ever newly minted Ignited Challenge Coin is now available through the online shop. And I'm offering everyone who listens and subscribes to the show a special discount. So when you go to the shop, use the code podcast to get $2 off your order. Shipping is free on all challenge coins. Just make sure that you select the right shipping option in the drop down menu. So use the code podcast to get $2 off. I'm excited to get these coins out to y'all. They look amazing and I'm really happy with how they turned out. So get your orders in soon because they are limited quantity. As always, thank you guys for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Please subscribe and share these episodes with someone who you think should hear them. And do me a favor and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to the show. It helps others who are looking for a quality podcast find the show. And if I can get quality people such as yourselves leaving quality reviews, then we all win. I bring this show to you completely free for your benefit. So I'd ask you to do me that one small favor. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. One way you can become more directly involved is to join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast Facebook group. This is where we as firefighters and EMS professionals can come together, dive deeper into the topics discussed on the show, and maybe share a meme or two. Anyway, thanks again for listening. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be Ignited.